Hey guys, guess what? It's a delicious Wednesday. <laughs> Looking up is about to start. afternoon folk and welcome to another edition of the most exciting show since <laughs> since last week since last week <laughs> since the last exciting show exactly here on the looking up show here on faith fm if you're listening on any one of the almost 90 stations out there in australia we want to give you a big warm welcome on this drizzly partly cloudy wet Wednesday afternoon here in Newcastle. Sharissa, welcome. Thank you so much. What are we going to do about the weather? Well, just we can't enjoy do it. much about it, but there's sunshine in our souls. There is sunshine in our soul, <laughs> so indeed. that's a good thing. And above the clouds, it is sunny. That's right. Must it, never forget that. We must never forget that there is something brighter above the clouds. That's right. And that's what we continue to keep looking up to. And so we've got our friend Shell as well, directing traffic as always. Welcome, Shell. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Shell's always doing well. And um, we're really thankful for Shell, aren't we? Amen. Oh, praise the Lord for that. Well, folk, I just want to give a big thank you. I'm not sure if my good friend Justin, Pastor Justin's listening in, but he and his dear wife um, and their... And their little bump, which is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't need to elaborate on that. We all know what that is. Um, they did a fantastic work last week. So I really enjoyed the Bible study last week. And I hope and pray that you did too, as they explored the first angel's message in particular. Um, that all important element of worshipping our Creator, God, and what that all entails. So, Sharissa, that was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so glad you got to catch up on it. We, we had a good time. Yes. I was we ex- missed you, but we had a good time. Yes. Um, you did say, yes, we are missing Danny, <laughs> and I was expecting the next line to be like a hole in the head. But it never eventuated unless Shell edited that out. That might have been on the live show. I didn't get a chance to see to hear the live show because, unfortunately, I was conducting a funeral. Mm. Um for a friend of mine, very sad story, yeah, only 52 years old. So mm. it's very sad when, when these things take place. She wasn't well for much of her life, but she made the most of it. Mm-hmm. And in the end, unfortunately, she succumbed to uh, an illness and, yeah, passed away prematurely. So that was very sad, but it was good to be able to share the blessed hope. Mm-hmm. There is a better day coming. Amen. And so I encourage the congregation to keep looking up. So, yes, folk, we have some exciting things to share with you again today in our Bible study. But before that, we'll be looking at current events in the light of Bible prophecy, as always, because there is so much going on in the world. Literally, from one week to the next, it's like we haven't been here for six months. It's so true. We never run out of things to talk about. No, there isn't. And once again, we're going to be taking a look at some of the news headlines that are telling us that Jesus' coming is drawing ever so near. So, folk, we're living in exciting times, and um, so we're coming back to share on that a little more. But in the meantime, sit back and listen to Roscoe Johnny, Come Thou Fount. Come Thou Fount of every blessing To my heart to sing Thy grace Streams of mercy Never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me something, Lord, your song, song by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, oh, fix me on mount of God's redeeming love.
song come they are found of every blessing isn't it good to be able to come to the lord charissa uh, if we couldn't go to him we would be very <sighs> lost you know i think of those words of jesus when he said come aside by yourselves mm. you know when he told his disciples they were just being mobbed by the by the crowds that just couldn't get enough of jesus and he said let's come aside mm-hmm. and rest a while and really um in this day and age, we desperately need that rest that comes yep. only in Christ. Though. Jesus, yeah, like you just said, it only can be found in him. Mm, and that's why I really like what you guys shared last, last Wednesday because the Sabbath is all about that rest. Mm, praise God. And so one day a week we quit looking at the headlines. Pull away from the rat race of life. Exactly. And we zero in on Christ for 24 hours. We look to him. And um, we spend time with him, we worship him, we think about the things of eternity, we eliminate all those distractions, and it's so wonderful. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I get really annoyed, like, on Saturday morning when I'm at church, and someone says, did you hear the news? I'm like, if it happened since the sun set on Friday night, I don't want to know about it. I'll find out when the sun sets tonight. <laughs> Leave me alone. True. I don't want to know about it. Do you have people come up to you sometimes? Did you hear what, what happened last night or this morning? I haven't had it happen for a while except for when something big happened. I think when Shane Warne died, that's when the last time that happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I really came try up. and switch off. I really try and switch off. I don't listen or watch the news or any of that on over the Sabbath hours because mm. I just want to rest from all You that. need it. You really do because it's a stressful world. Yeah, um, if you just dwell on the headlines and on the news, it it's, yeah, there's not a lot to look forward to, but the Bible offers us so much hope, mm. so much assurance and rock-solid hope, actually. Mm. You know, it doesn't Indeed. change, Indeed. which is really, really wonderful. Indeed. And some people might be wondering, well, Danny, I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, news headlines and sometimes that can... They can create anxiety and stress and even depression in some people. And it's like, why, why do we go there? Like, why do we talk about this? And I guess it's from the perspective, two points. One is, as, as our show, the title of our show from Luke 21, 28, Jesus said, when you see all these things, speaking of the second coming and the signs, look up because your redemption is drawing near. So as we see these things, we can, we can know that Jesus' coming is drawing near. We had to look up. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, Sharissa, is that 
Jesus said, I have told you these things, John 14, 29, so that when they come to pass, you may believe. So it strengthens our faith and trust in God and in his word. Absolutely. And there's nothing like Bible prophecy to strengthen our faith, to know that we're on the right path, heading in the right direction, and that God is in control. Mm. Prophecy really shines a light into an unknown future that looks very bleak. Mm. It gives us hope that, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jesus is coming. And amen. this world is not all there is to look forward amen to. Amen and amen. And, folk, if you'd like to connect with us um, before we launch into some uh, news headlines in light of Bible prophecy. If you want to contact us, how can people contact us, Sharissa? We would love to hear from you. We have a dedicated number to this program. The number is 0488817624. And if you text in your comments, we actually can hear, read them right and here in studio. Them which online. Is, we can answer them live. live. Yeah, so love to have any comments, questions, prayer requests, yeah, we just love to know that you're out there. <laughs> and there's an app. Tell, tell our uh, listeners about the app. For the those Faith are, FM app. Yeah. If you haven't got it, you need to get it because sometimes getting a signal for radio with the towers is not always clear. But if you have the app, so long as you have data, you can have a very clear live stream of the Faith FM radio channel, which is wonderful. And if you get the app, you can also look up all the past episodes of every program. This is Looking Up, so you can hear all the past episodes of Looking Up there as podcasts as well. Same on the website. Mm, Fantastic. So there you go, folk. Um, That's something for you to take note of. If you haven't got the app or you haven't got our number locked into your phone, do that, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Now, before we move on to the news headlines, the most exciting news headline of all that our listeners are dying to hear (laughs) how it's all going is the bump. How is the little bump going? We all we all uh, want to know. We all want to know. Well, it's twenty seven weeks today, actually. <gasps> twenty seven, and it's it. like forty in total, isn't it? That's right. So we've definitely passed the halfway mark, and wow, you're nearly at the three quarter mark. We definitely are. almost about to turn into the home straight. <laughs> don't don't how rush exciting, it. Don't rush it too soon. How exciting! How exciting! Yeah, Shell, are you excited? <laughs> It's very exciting. Shell is nodding, big smile from ear to ear. And, um, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Yes. So um, I heard a rumour, I'm not sure if it's true, you can um, you can confirm or deny, that if it's a boy, you're thinking of calling the little boy Danny. <laughs> like it was just a rumour that I heard somewhere around the office here. Is that right? No. <laughs> well, I, wasn't, I just made that up. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to sow seeds, trying to sow seeds. They're, they're poor thing, don't do that to the poor kid. <laughs> Everybody's quite divided on what it could be, but it's uh, it's going to be a good surprise. And yet, who knows, maybe a Danny. <laughs> oh, who knows, poor thing. <laughs> All right, Sharissa. Well, let's let's take a look at some, some, some news items making headlines. You guys talked about a couple of things, including Hurricane Ian, oh. which has, um, yeah, caused... Enormous devastation, they're saying, mm-hmm. um, from, a, from a dollar's point of view, the greatest natural disaster to hit the U.S., period. Wow, wow. 100, $100 billion and potentially more. $100 billion is what they're saying, just Florida alone. Uh, I was really shocked when I saw the death toll rising yeah. so high, you know. Um, it's up yeah. near 100, I think, the last up time near I 100. checked. Yeah, and um, at the moment, in addition to what's happening in Florida, of course, there's a massive rain event heading for the east coast here in Australia. They're predicting lots of flooding here this 
in the next couple of days. So our thoughts and prayers are with those who are in Mm. uh, serious uh, predicament right now with flood waters rising here. Um, 5.7 million people in Pakistan are being affected by floods there as well as a food crisis. So, yeah, the world is really not in a good way. Mm, that's fascinating. Now, I did a little bit of um, I did a little bit of googling and just to take a look at hurricanes and um, and in the US. And I, uh, I I punched into Google. You know, has there been an increase in severe hurricanes in the United States in the last fifty years? Okay, mm-hmm, so I wanted mm-hmm. to know, and the reason being, we know from Bible prophecy that Bible prophecy, those final end time events, will springboard. Out of the land of the free and the home of the brave, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, America the, is in Bible prophecy. It is right there in the thick of Bible prophecy. We've talked about it and we'll talk about it in the future because that's not going away. It's only going to continue to um, intensify as far as um, in interest and, right. and the things that are taking place. So it's no wonder that the United States is in the thick of the news day by day. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and world politics and so on and so forth. Anyway, so I did that search and, and, I, and I discovered some very, very, and I, I looked at the big stuff, okay, like, like four or above. So this one was a hurricane four mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and five is the highest. So this was two miles short. Like to get to five, I think you've got to be 157 or 159 miles per hour, which is heading up towards 300 kilometers an hour. Wow. So 60 miles. You did the conversion. Yeah, 60 miles is 100 Ks. (laughs) So almost at 300 kilometers an hour. Now, notice what I discovered. This is phenomenal, okay? You're holding on to your seat? Yeah. Okay, folks, you're holding on? (laughs) Check this out. This is what it says. uh, I'll, I'll go past the, the Category 4, um, which left 2.5 million Floridians without power. Mm. You know, I think you mentioned last week that Cuba, they got hit yeah. first. Everyone lost power. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole 11 million people, you know, no one had electricity. It says, um, while this storm marks the most powerful hurricane seen this season, it makes history as the ninth Category 4 or 5 hurricane to hit the mainland of the United States in the last 50 years. All right. So mm. check this out. Nine Category 4 or 5 hurricanes have hit the United States in the last 50 years. Now, you're holding on. Yeah. Six of the nine have occurred since 2017. That was only mm. five years ago. Wow. So we've had literally one massive hurricane. After another. After another. In the, fi- in the last five years, there's been at least one, four or five in the last five years. And before that, there were only three others in the other 45 odd years. Wow. So this tells us that what Jesus said about the labor pains in Matthew 24, and you guys talked about that last week. Matthew 24, verse 8, where, where Jesus says, and this is the beginning of sorrows, that those labor pains will intensify in frequency and intensity. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we have right here. And, um, yeah. and they were saying, they were saying that there is, there is no way to get around the data. The data is clear that they're, they're putting it down to climate change, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're saying things are changing dramatically. Let me just read this to you. This is, this is straight out of Matthew 24, verse 8. Listen to this, sister. This is phenomenal. <laughs> the frequency and intensity, uh, the article, this is a Time magazine article, um, 
goes on and says, also varies and has been changing over time. In the span of just one year, from 2020 to 2021, there have been eight hurricanes to impact the continental U.S. That's nearly half the number of hits the U.S. Uh, so that's nearly half the number compared to what the U.S. experienced between 2000 and 2010. So in one year, 2020, 2021, they had eight hurricanes and they only had 19 make landfall in the previous decade, 2000, 2010. Wow. That's phenomenal. This is, these are, um, and it says, and and compared to three major continental U.S. hurricane landfalls, out of a total of 13 in 2010, it goes on and says there have already been four in the last two years alone. And it goes on and it gives these incredible statistics. and, And I could not help, I could not help but think of the words of Jesus that as we draw nearer to his coming, that those labor pains will intensify. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, on that note, you mentioned climate change. It was uh, interesting to discover that Pope Francis has just mm. been featured in a brand new documentary. It was just released and on the 4th, so today's the day after. But so yesterday was just released a documentary film on climate change and the environment premiered in the Vatican on Tuesday, and it's, in, it's called The Letter, A Message for Our Earth. Um, you can actually watch it on YouTube, but yeah, it's fascinating. Again, it's actually highlighting Laudato Si, wow. his first encyclical from 2015, which was the very first encyclical on the environment, mm. making it groundbreaking. I was looking it up and refreshing mm. my mind on what it was about, and it actually even talks about uh, Sunday there as being the Lord's Day, yeah, that's right, right there in that encyclical. That's right. Um, and the reason Paragraph for that. Paragraph 237 or 238. <laughs> you got it. it. You got it. And talks about how. How, you know, we should keep Sunday because it's the day of the resurrection, the day of life and all of this kind of thing. Fascinating, you know, linking linking climate change with a day for the planet. Indeed. Indeed. It's incredible. And so and so, you know, we've talked about uh, this other item that I'm going to mention now, you know, Europe in its worst drought in 500 years. Wow. And, um, yeah, this was just really, really interesting. Just talking about what's taking place, how this is going to affect um, food. Yes. Because there's going to be food shortages. Because and, and I did a bit of study and I did a bit of looking and I and I Googled food security and political instability. Let me share this with you. This was really fascinating. This is from uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, there was a, a group that came together in, on September 11 of all days, 1998. So this is pre pre the September 11 in Honolulu, Hawaii. And um, it was the food security and political stability in the Asia-Pacific region um, study. So there's a number of experts got together and they wanted to take a look at what are the major reasons, you know, why there's political instability in the world Mm -hmm. and how the connection is with food insecurity. And check this out. The linkage between food security and political stability. Food security and political stability are often linked, although the relationship is complicated and not necessarily direct or or, or causal. However, evidence suggests that food security can be upset by a lack of political or social stability. Similarly, the lack of food security resulting from a sudden jolt, that is international embargo, poor climate, like two examples, can lead to political instability. Food riots, when they occur, are often instigated by urban residents. That's very interesting because we've been told that we need to be moving out of the cities Mm. as we see the world starting to move into more and more turmoil. 
and poorer rural residents rarely have a political voice. So it's really, really interesting that they're combining these two together. And it's interesting, before we go to, to our news, there was a news headline that we, I think we might have shared regarding this historic climate summit, uh, so this historic climate law that President Biden put into place, $370 billion connected with the environment, this Inflation Reduction Act. And the headline was, Historic Climate Law Signed by Biden Has Catholic Fingerprints All Over It. So we're seeing we're seeing the convergence of what you're saying and what's happening. It's incredible. <laughs> We've got more after the news and after this song from Janine Orwa, Tapestry. We'll be back. Oh, you afflicted one Tossed with tempest and not comforted Do not fear for you be ashamed No weapon that's formed against you will ever prosper or have dominion over you my child. You've been chosen for a purpose. Won't you trust me? I'll see you through This tapestry's not yet done your work in progress A masterpiece is being spun You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am Oh, distracted Burdened and weary Crushed by the weight of this world Please remember This world is not your home Behold, I am coming quickly My reward with me To give to all according to their words Hold my hand, choose this with me you can do all things this tapestry's not yet done you're a work in progress a masterpiece is being spun you can't see what I see trust me I am that I am my word I began a good work in you and you know I will carry it on till it's done this tapestry's not yet done you're a work in progress I'm is being spun You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am Man found on Mars 
everything you wanted to know about men's health issues with Dr. Trevor Hurlow. Free community event starting this Saturday, October 8 at 2pm, Cessnock Adventist Church. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Beginning on Saturday, October 15 at 11am and continuing Saturday, October 22, 29 and November 5, I'd like to invite you to join me on an incredible journey into the very heart of the book of Revelation. Prophecies of Hope for a Troubled World is a four-part series that will take you behind the news headlines as we see the direct link between history, Bible prophecy and current world events. The series begins October 15, 11am at the Hillview Seventh-day Adventist Church, 2 Gimbert's Road, Morissette. For more information, go to discoverhope.info. That's discoverhope.info or call Danny on 040 33 44 360. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. You're on the Looking Up show, folk, and I hope and pray that you are... Blessed thus far as we are taking a look at signs of the times that are telling us that the coming of Jesus and the sound of the trumpet is drawing ever near, Sharissa. Praise the Lord for that. (laughs) (laughs) Every week that goes by, it seems that we are hurtling ever so quickly to the sound of the trumpet and the end of sin, suffering and sorrow. And hallelujah, we all say. Amen. Well, 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 folk, if you're joining us for the first time, a big welcome from wherever you may be joining us around Australia. We've got, oh, we've got up to 92 stations going on right now. So that's fantastic that are on air around Australia. That's amazing. And should we tell them that there's a little gift Tell away? them, tell them everything they need to know, Sharissa. <laughs> Today, as always, we have a prize giveaway for the first three people today who will text in later when we give the code word our code word for today's program and i'll just let them know Mm -hmm. what the Mm -hmm. the prize is Mm -hmm. it's a book called prayerables 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 by rudy hall and it's basically an exciting and practical approach to studying the parables of christ so if you're interested in learning more about the parables of jesus you will want to be in the running for this book prayerables um, and you just simply need to keep your ears peeled as we before we for when we release the code word in today's program the number to keep by your side so you can text that code word in and even if you have a comment mm, or question about today's to program is zero four triple eight one seven six two four. that's the looking up number folks so that's right so lock that into your phone and you can connect with us anytime text us We'd love to hear from you. Now, Sharissa, we've been taking a look at some of the things making headlines, and it appears that the the, the issues regarding climate, and as we have been told over and over again by not only Pope Francis, but, but many other religious leaders, especially in the United States, are very much tied to worship, are very much tied to morality, are very mm. much tied to justice, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth which is at the very heart of of the Ten Commandments, you know, morality, justice, worship, 
that is all part and parcel of the Ten Commandments. And so we know that there is the the COP27 meetings that will be held in next month. We're in October. That will be held up yeah. next November. That's going to be fascinating to see and hear what comes out of those meetings there in Egypt um, where they'll also be spending the rest day on Sunday, as we've talked about in the past, heading to Mount Sinai, a number of different world major religions heading to Mount Sinai um, for a time of of collective repentance. Wow. And in order to draft up 10 climate commandments. So that's going to be something to look out for, Sharissa. Absolutely. We've talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We talked about that, so we'll leave that alone for now, but we'll, I'm sure, be returning to that. So there's a lot happening in this space, and um, with all the, uh, with the escalation, of of natural disasters that have been taking place, especially this year. We've talked about some of those. This is coming to the fore more and more. Amen. Mm. Well, there's there's lots of other things too that we could talk about. Um, Indeed. Uh, another headline that just shows really, you know, Jesus talked about how he doesn't mention global warming, but he says, because iniquity will abound in Matthew 24, the love of many will wax cold. Mm. And basically... We're talking about a love for the things of this world, um, taking away from the love mm. for God. And uh, it was really, really sad. I couldn't believe this headline when I read it. 125 plus people dead after a crowd crush at an Indonesian football match. Mm. Game ends, people aren't happy. And so there's this, you know, rush, this riot, and 120 plus people died mm. because of, over a football match. Over a football game. Yeah. yeah. That's just shocking. It's Very as, sad in Indonesia. Yeah, it's as tragic as tragic can can, can get. And um, it just tells us where where we literally are mm-hmm. in the stream of time. Now, do you have a couple? Of, you've got a couple of other very interesting things to share before I share a couple of things uh, as well. Just um, another one here. Actually, Shell highlighted it to me when I walked in today. She she said that Gavin Newsom signed legislation in California. This is the governor. The governor of, of California in the United States. Um, he signed legislation making California a sanctuary state for transgender procedures. So basically, the new law says that, you know, if kids want it in California, they can get it and you can't interfere in, in anything because that's against the process. What's amazing about this is I just also saw that Los Angeles pastor, John MacArthur, has publicly written a letter to Gavin Nystrom uh, and he rebukes him publicly for his diabolical policies and he says, he warns Newsom, his soul lies in grave eternal peril after having twisted the words of Jesus. And uh, yeah, just amazing to see, you know, mm. the the way society is going, but also the courage of uh, John MacArthur to actually speak up and take a stand. I wonder if uh, any minister here in Australia will will have will have that kind of um, what do you call it guts um, to to potentially write a word of encouragement um, to our political leaders um, in our halls of government who are also heading in that wrong direction. I think of yeah. the I think of the that law in Victoria that that conversion and suppression bill that came out last year, and I went online and I took a look at the legislation myself because I'd heard. And I just could not believe that what I read was actually true. It was true that parents do not have the right if their child is experiencing you know, gender dysphoria. They do not have the right as parents 
um, to find to find other ways and means to deal with a very difficult and challenging situation other than to allow their child under 18 to be able to go through that transition process, which often has lasting permanent, um, not only health effects, but more importantly, mental health effects. Which they, they, they come to wish they hadn't. Yeah, yeah, many do, taken. many do. And um, so it's, it's very sad, very tragic. And, you know, we're, we're living in a day and age where these things, if you would have told me this would be taking place, in Australia, in our Western world, 20 years ago, if you would have told me that, I would have said, no way under any circumstances will we get to this point. Mm. Oh, we're there. We yeah. are right there. And um, so it's it's surreal. I almost sometimes feel like I'm in a dream, you know, <laughs> in a nightmare, uh, but it's actually taking place. I'd encourage our listeners actually look it up because you can read John MacArthur's letter. Mm. And it's a it's a well-written appeal for him to, yeah. to amend his... Yeah. Decisions, And you know what? All these things are telling us that we're about to, I believe, very soon um, swing to the other side. Mm -hmm. The pendulum will swing. And that's my sermon, actually, this coming Saturday in my (laughs) church there at Hillview. Um, When the pendulum swings, it's part of a three-part series that I've been doing on the second coming of Jesus and uh, where we are in the stream of time and how we can prepare and how we can prepare others. And so the Bible says the pendulum will swing. We have gone so far um, away from God in much of how we live our lives and, and, and the laws that, are, uh, that, that various governments um, have proposed and are in, are in you know, operation. We've gone so far away from God that there will be a swing to the other side because God is going to continue to pull back those um, winds of strife. He's just going to start releasing them more and more and more, and there'll be more and more judgments coming upon the world. The Bible says that very clearly. And so as things intensify, um, as those labor pains grow, uh, there will be a cry eventually for let's get our nation, let's get our nations back to God because we have walked so far away. And that's where this climate repentance Mm. um, service comes into it there at Mount Sinai that's going to take place this year. Mm. So oh. you can see this you can see this pendulum that's about to swing. Um, it, it swung 200 years ago plus in the French Revolution and now it's about to go the other direction. True. So I'm going to talk about that in a sermon this coming Saturday. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, so um, <laughs> also I think we also need to take a look at um, what's taking place in the area of um, mental health and... Screen time. So parents, oh, yes. parents, you need to listen up to this. This was um, an ABC News article that I just tapped into this week. And the headline was, Mental Health Researchers Investigate Link Between Screen Time and Depression Reported by Australian Teens. So they're showing that there's more and more evidence coming through that the more time teenagers spend on their screens the higher the depression rates Mm. and mental health issues. As well, they're they're beginning to see the correlation between those who are experiencing anxiety and depression and and so on and so forth are more likely to spend time on their screens. So the two 
go hand in hand. And so, parents, we want to encourage you. Some of the teens are probably saying, Mom, Dad, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn off the radio right now. But we want to encourage you to seriously consider encouraging your children to spend, especially if you've got teenage children, spend less time on the screen and more time just doing things actively and better still outside, outdoors, in nature, bushwalks, skateboards, push bikes, roller skates, roller blades, you name it, outside, just talking, sharing, enjoying life away from the screens. Sounds great. So anyway, that was my little plug, encouraging <laughs> the parents. Sounds really good. Well, we should probably also make a mention of um, what happened with the Essendon Football Club. Mm, that's that's very been interesting. really interesting. Uh, someone alerted me to this last night. And basically, Andrew Thorburn, I believe, he was, you know, appointed the CEO of the Essendon Football Club. And then within, I think, about 24 hours or less, he was stepping down from his role because it was found out that um, he, well, he got widespread backlash over his association with his church, which had made comments and condemned or held uh, views that do not support homosexuality and abortion. Mm -hmm. And so because he's a member of this particular church, he suffered so much abuse and backlash, he decided to step down. Within 24 hours of being appointed to that role. That's how heated it was. And he made some very... Um, interesting comments that's um, causing a lot of controversy, people taking sides over the issue. But he basically makes a statement where he says that, you know, it's clear, so I'm trying to find the statement here, but basically something to the effect of he can see that there is no room anymore in the public space for freedom of, you know, religious belief. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this has proven yeah. um, but with all the backlash. So, yeah, very interesting Um yeah. This is where we are. This is where we are and the pendulum will swing. The mm-hmm. pendulum will swing, folk, and Revelation 13 will come to the surface as that happens. Now, just to just to go on with that, um, at the moment there are laws being proposed, even here in New South Wales. Even here in New South Wales there's a, a member of parliament, I cannot remember what his name is, but he'd like to propose... Uh, Laws that are being proposed down there in Victoria and the ACT, as far as I I, I remember and recall, where institutions, um, Christian institutions, in particular schools, Christian schools, will no longer be able to to have the privilege of of appointing uh, staff according to their faith, Hmm. uh, according to, you know, their faith ethos. So you will not be able to discriminate. So, for example, you know, a Christian school will not be able to say, we want a Christian teacher to be our math teacher or our English teacher or our science teacher or our phys ed teacher or whatever the case may be, which is... Even if it's a Christian school. Even a Christian school, yeah, that's the whole point. So obviously the state schools, there is no discrimination at all, but Christian schools have had the prerogative, they have been able to discriminate, and I'm using that word in uh, in uh, in a positive sense, they've been able to discriminate as to who they employ so that that employee may hold to the values and the faith of the school. Because if you have a Christian school 
that has non-Christian teachers coming what's in. What's the point? What's the point? You know, there, there is no, there is no reason to have that Christian school. Yeah. And so this is now on the table. And so wow. if legislation <laughs> is brought in, if legislation is brought in prohibiting Christian schools from, uh, from, from making a choice as to who they will employ to be their English teacher, their science teacher, apart from their Bible teacher, that's the only exception. The Bible teacher has to be someone who is of the faith. Apart from that, then it's all over. It's game over for the Christian schools. And so we need to keep this in prayer. So much to pray about. We certainly do. So, yeah, so we need to keep our governments in prayer. The Bible says let's, let's do that so that we may be able to have uh, the opportunity to enjoy freedom of, yeah. of our faith and our religion and to be able to express that. So that's where we are, folk. We're getting closer and closer to the sound of the trumpet and um, we'll be back with our Bible study in just a little bit. But sit back. Just a closer walk with thee. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Satisfied as long as I walk, let me walk close to thee, just a closer walk with thee. Grant it, Jesus, is my plea. Close to thee. Oh. 
that's what we need to suggest, a closer walk with the Lord. That was Paul Zach, and that's what we desperately need, don't we? Absolutely. We need a closer walk with Jesus. More and more every day, folks. So wherever you are, I hope and pray you are looking up. I hope and pray the things that we talk about here when it comes to current events are driving you to your knees, seeking a closer walk with Jesus, wanting to share more of his love with those around you, and spending time in his word. Sharissa, what else can people do? How else can people, you know, find a way to navigate through these tumultuous times that we are living in? What other way? It's only that we can only look up to Jesus, really. That's the safest and the only way. Mm. There's nothing else that really offers hope but him. Ah, that's right. So, folk, uh, it's great to have you on the Looking Up show on this Wednesday afternoon, and we're about to plunge into our Bible study in a little bit. And we hope and pray that if you haven't got our phone number, you will pencil that into your phone right now. Now, what is our phone number here? Zero four triple eight one seven six two four, and they'll want to keep it handy because we have a prize giveaway today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have a book. We've got three copies. It's called Prayerables. Oh, what a title! Prayerables. Uh, it's about the parables of Jesus. If you're interested in knowing more about them, going deeper into them, we're going to be studying some today. Mm. Uh, you will want to keep the number zero four triple eight one seven six two four handy because we have a code word. We do. Do you remember what it was? Roughly. <laughs> I think we'll do that in, in the our next, next segment. Because <laughs> <Yes, laughs> we'll, we can't remember the we, code word. <laughs> we'll have to confirm with our producer. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> so, um, But in the meantime, you scribble that number down and, uh, and away we go. Okay, yeah. So um, we'll give the code word in the next section, I think, Shell. We'll give that in the next section. And by then, we will we'll have our act together. And you'll be right. So we're giving everyone plenty of, plenty of notice. Sounds good. Fair enough. Well, Sharissa, um, in this day and age, we desperately need to be faithful. Mm-hmm. So today, our study is, is on that very point that Jesus yes. gave two parables in connection with specifically with faithfulness. Yes. It's interesting, you know, I've been going through this this chapter, Matthew chapter 24. We've we've talked so much about the signs of the times. We've talked about how things will escalate and how the world will change according to what Jesus said. But you're right. This is an appeal now at the end of the chapter and into chapter 25 from Jesus for his followers those who put their trust and faith in him, those who look up to him to live as believers and mm-hmm. trust in him. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently reading through the book of Psalms, actually, mm. in my in my time with the Lord in the mornings. And um, I can't help but notice over and over again the theme of trusting in God, putting our trust in him. David says over and over, you know, that that is where his hope lies, mm. in trust in God. And so, yeah, as we step through this parable and another one today, I, I think that will be hopefully the takeaway for mm. us as well. Amen. Amen. So, Sharissa. I'm going to hand over to you, my friend. All right. Well, let's open with prayer. Our loving Father in heaven, we're thankful, Lord, that we can study the Bible together with our listeners. We ask for the Holy Spirit to be with us, to teach us, to guide us, and help us to better understand your word and the lessons that you have for us here. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Well, let's read the first one, shall we? The first parable which I thought would be good for us to spend some time on today is it's often referred to as the parable of the faithful and the unfaithful servant. We find this at the end of Matthew chapter 24, and maybe you could read it for us. Mm. It's Matthew 24, verses 45 to 51. Okay. Now, maybe before before that, Sharissa, if I could just um, take a look at verse 44. Sure. Verse 44 gives us the context. So at the end of the signs of the time section there in Matthew 24, this is how Jesus finishes off. He says, Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So Jesus says, be ready. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus gives four parables to illustrate how we can be ready to meet him when he comes. And so this is the first one of those teaching us how to be ready. Mm -hmm. So here we have the answer. All right, so let me read from verse 45 to verse 51. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. <laughs> well, there's yes. a lot There's a lot here, and what a <laughs> solemn ending. It is. <laughs> I guess, uh, well, first of all, who's Jesus talking to when, when he tells us this parable? Well, when we take a look at the language here, especially, you know, the, the, the term hypocrites and uh, the weeping and the, and the gnashing of the teeth and the term, you know, servant, he's speaking to the to the leadership mm. of the church. Okay. So this is one of his final messages uh, to the leadership of the church in his day, which was the Jewish community. But more broadly, he's speaking to all those who claim Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have chosen to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So it's not just leadership, but it's right across the board, as we'll discover. So that's that's including us. That's Everyone. including many of our listeners. Yes. And actually, I was just thinking, it's possible that some of our listeners might be thinking, what is a parable? Mm-hmm. Is that a par- <laughs> parabolic statement? Like, what is a parable? Um, how would you describe it? Well, a parable is a story. Um, there are elements that are true. There can be elements that are fictitious. Mm-hmm. For example, like the rich man and Lazarus, that has many fictitious elements. But the point of a parable is that it has one or sometimes two, but often one main point. Yeah. And so... There's lots of little details. Yeah, lots of details to fill in the story. Um, and you can pick up, you know, pick up lessons. And, and each point does have have um, a lesson to be learned. Like all these um, di- different items that we're going to look at briefly, uh, you know, what does it mean? What's this food in due season, the master, ruler, what does all that mean? Yeah, they all have meaning. However, the main point of the parable needs to be discovered. And once you discover what the main point is, well, then you understand yep. what the what the main teaching of that parable is. And so, obviously, in this in this parable, the main the main point is faithfulness. Faithfulness in waiting. Yes, faithfulness as we wait for the coming of Jesus. How do we wait faithfully? 
Mm. Yeah. Powerful. I, I liked, um, there's a Baptist preacher, he's now resting, and he said, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Mm. <laughs> very, that like is that. very, very good. That's a great definition. Yeah. So, okay, so we have here, it's addressed to all of us as believers. And there's a number of little keys then in unlocking the meaning and understanding of this parable. Uh, it talks about um, the master, mm-hmm. you know, who's delaying coming. So mm-hmm. they're waiting for the master to return. Obviously, we're waiting for Jesus to come. Yeah, that's so Jesus. He's the master. He's obviously the master. Uh, his household, those you know, who the master has made rulers over his household, well, that would be his church. That would be his church, his disciples, uh, his followers. Yep. And the word church in the Greek means called out ones. That's right. So that's right. people make up a church. Um, and the members of the household, church members, obviously, um, but there's also a task here. It says here that the master, um, he would make him ruler over all of his goods. What's this rulership? Well, obviously, rulers are leaders That's right. in some way. And the faithful servant then would be who? Well, the faithful leaders within the church or those who are faithful in doing what the master has asked them to do, which is Jesus Christ being faithful to the commission that he's given us to do. And then I guess by converse or contrast, the unfaithful servants, the evil servants, yes. also as they're called, yes. are those who are not faithful to what God has given them to That's do. That's right. That's right. Yeah, very interesting. What about this food and um, that it talks about here? Where does it talk about that? Um, it talks about food in due season. Yes. Um, yes. You know, verse 45, you know, the, the, his master made ruler over his household to give them yes. food in due season. Yeah. What's, uh, what's that about? Well, the food um, often is, is a symbol of, of the word of God. You know, the bread is, is, is spoken of as the, as the word of God. And so, yeah, food often in, in Scripture, from a symbolic point of view, is speaking of, you know, the message that God has, the Word of God. And Jesus, on one occasion, he said, you know, um, when he was asked uh, by his disciples in John chapter 4 regarding you know, his discussion with the Samaritan woman, when they saw him conversing with the Samaritan woman, uh, they said to him, um, you know, why don't you eat? And he said, look, I'm, I'm okay, I'm not hungry. And he said, you know, my... My, this is my food. My food is to, to do the will of my Father in heaven, to follow his ways. Mm. So the food in this parable is, uh, is, is in connection with, with uh, the, word of, the God. word of God and the will of God being performed by his servants. Amazing. And if that is the case, then food in due season would be food that is very applicable to a particular time. At the right time. Present truth. We would call that also yeah. present, present truth. Present truth. Can we, is there other examples of that in Scripture? I think of one. It would be, you know, in the time of Noah. Yeah. The present truth was that a flood was about to come. You know? Yeah, that was present truth that was in present Noah's truth. day. It's not presently true today for a global flood. But today the present truth is, well, that Jesus, Jesus is, is coming. coming back soon. Yeah. That's the present truth. And we're giving, Absolutely. well, and also another one, another example would be John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. You know, when he, when he preached, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Yeah. In connection with Jesus and his first coming. So that was present truth for that day. Jeremiah, he, he preached present truth when he, when he encouraged the, the people of his day um, in Jerusalem to repent and turn to God. Um, otherwise the Babylonians would come. That was present truth. So 
Jonah, he preached present truth to the people of Nineveh and they mm-hmm. repented. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can go on and on. Well, so Jesus is saying then in this parable that he says in verse 46, Blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. That is giving to the household food in due season. Mm-hmm. That is being faithful to the charge that he has given them. Um, but then he also says um, that... And, that the servant who does not do what he leaves them to do, the commission that he's left them to do, and says, oh, my master's delaying. Mm. And so he goes and it says he beats his fellow servants and goes and eats with and drinks with drunkards, beating and drinking. Mm, very interesting. Well, it's interesting that, as you pointed out, he says my master is delaying his coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, the delay. There's um, always... That there's tests the, us, doesn't it? There's the delay as well in the in the virgin's parable, which we're going to probably look at next week. But here, yes, this evil um, servant, you know, the unfaithful leaders of the church, you know, the beating, you know, his fellow servants, you know, he considers himself better than his colleagues and the drunkards. That's a, you know, that's a symbol of of worldlings and people living out in the world. So what this is telling us is that instead of this servant being faithful and doing what God has called him or her to do in sharing a message to prepare a people for the soon return of Jesus, this servant is doing the opposite. This servant is joining in the worldly pursuits. Forget about the coming of Jesus, focused on the worldly pursuits and not preparing him or herself as well as those that have been entrusted to him or her to be ready for the soon return of Jesus. So if God has shone the light of his truth into our hearts and we know what Jesus says, that he is coming, we have a responsibility to to live that and to show that to others. Indeed, and that's where we are able to hasten the day of his coming, and that's by being a faithful servant. And, um, yeah, probably the wailing and the gnashing of teeth, we'll (laughs) have to come back to that because that's really fascinating (laughs) in and of itself. But our time's run out in this little section, and we'll be back to continue with our Bible study after this music piece from Casting Crowns, If We Are The Body. Sit back and enjoy. It's crowded in worship today As she slips in Trying to fade into the faces The girls teasing laughter is carrying Farther than they know Farther than they know But if we are the body Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? Because there is a way. There is. Sheds his coat and quietly sinks into the back row. The weight of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road. 
if we are the body? Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't he the words teaching? And if we are the body, to pick and choose who should come. We are the body of Christ. If we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? beautiful song if we are the body and we've been talking about the body of christ yes, we have we can either be faithful members mm-hmm. of the household of christ or unfaithful members now sharissa there's a All lot right. to share but before we get yes. into our study we need to give away the code word oh, oh. shell <laughs> The code word. The code word for today is Story One Hundred One. So the, we have uh, three books, parables. That's the prize giveaway, and it's how to understand the parables of Jesus. Beautiful little book. If you want to be in the running for today's prize, parables, please text the word. Well, it's not a word now. It's Story One Hundred One to zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Text the word story one oh one all together. All together as one word. Yep. All together as one word. So, so it no is spaces, a word. no spaces. <laughs> no spaces, no emojis, just story 101, 1764. Because Jesus is the ultimate storyteller. Amen. And that's what these parables are. Well, Sharissa, yes. uh, we've been looking at this first parable. We did, and um, we just about finished it. We had, almost. you know, there was this unfaithful servant who decided to take lightly the, the instructions of his master, and while the master delayed, he goes out and has a party, forgets all about, you know, what he's supposed to be doing. When the master returns um, at an hour he does not expect, mm. the Bible says that, wow, he really suffers and he is um, appointed a portion with the hypocrites and talks about a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm. So I guess there's two things there for us to talk about. What does it mean when the Bible says wailing and gnashing of teeth? Mm-hmm. That's one. And the other one is the hypocrites. Yeah. So which one do you want to deal with first? Well, I guess the hypocrite. We've heard about, I've heard Jesus talk about that before. I think he talks about them quite a bit in Matthew 22, if I'm not Yes, mistaken. he does. He does. Six or seven times he refers to uh, the religious leaders as hypocrites. Mm. 
And that's a pretty clear indication that this is a parable for believers because, mm. uh, yeah, like you said, it was directed at religious. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. according to Scripture, especially there in Matthew, the word never, ever appears in connection with an unbeliever. Mm, so, and the word hypocrite, it's, uh, it comes from the Greek word hypocritus, mm-hmm. and it means an actor under assumed character, an actor, you know, pretending to be an assumed character. And so these individuals um, are pretending to be faithful servants of Christ, but they are not showcasing the fruitage. Jesus said, by their fruit you will know them. So the fruit of their life, the fruit of their ministry, is not in, in, in harmony with the principles of Christ that he has given to us to share. Yeah. So, so we don't want to be that. You don't want to be a hypocrite. Nope. You don't want to be a hypocrite. So that's... That's what a hypocrite is, and um, and Jesus referred to um, the religious leaders in Matthew 15, and he spoke of them as honouring him with their lips, yeah. but their hearts were far from him. Saying so, one thing, doing another. Yeah, exactly. So our heart needs to be in sync with the Word of God Amen. and with his plans for our lives, especially as his witnesses, rather than just words. Absolutely. Because, I mean, words are cheap. And we, and we talk about that, you know, yeah. we, we talk about, you know, um, you know, show me by your actions and actions speak louder than words, you know, you know, and by, you know, you know, you know, put your money where your mouth is, as they say. Yeah. So we, we, we have this kind of language. Absolutely. And then the last part there, this wailing and gnashing of teeth, um, you know, this is obviously a reaction when people recognize that they're lost. Mm, and, um, you know, we don't want that either. <laughs> it would be a terrible realization to come to, to realize that you have missed out and you are lost because you didn't heed the word of your master. Yeah, it's very, very sad. And, um, you know, it's interesting that in the second parable that we're going to look at, that same phrase appears there as well at the end, the yeah. weeping and the wailing um, and the gnashing of teeth. And once again, that appears to be in connection with those who have known the truth, mm-hmm. um, who have loved the truth at one time, but have got caught up in the things of this world, mm. the drinking and so on and so forth that Jesus talks about here, which is literally focusing on the world and the ways of the world. They haven't been seeking first the kingdom of God. They've been caught up in the things of the here and now rather than the hereafter. And unfortunately, they then experience that, that, that deep regret when they realized they knew, but they failed to execute that which they knew deliberately and they are lost. Not because that was God's plan, but because that's what they chose. And it's like, how could we have missed out? How could we have turned our backs on that which, you know, was so secure and so sure. Amen. Well, maybe we should read that next parable um, ourselves as well. It goes into the next chapter, this next parable, Matthew chapter 25, mm-hmm. uh, verses 14 to 30. That's quite a lot of reading. Um, but anyhow, it's this is the parable of the talents, mm-hmm. so the story of the talents. And uh, it's great to see our listeners. There's some of them are in the running right now for this prize uh, giveaway. Again, the code word for today, Story 101 We only have three copies available. 
Um, Pastor Danny, maybe we, you and I can share the reading. <laughs> Do you want to read? Oh, you could read it. Do you want me you, to read the whole you thing? You have a lovely voice for reading. A oh, lovely voice. All for right, reading. well, sit back and enjoy. <laughs> it's a long, <laughs> it's a long passage. The Bible says, "For the kingdom of heaven, it's Jesus speaking, is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one." To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents look what i have gained five more talents besides them his lord said to him well done good and faithful servant you were faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of your lord he also who had received two talents came and said lord you delivered to me two talents look i have gained two more talents besides them His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I, if you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, that is, the original amount plus interest, I guess, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be, and here's that line, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm, what a story. Yeah, what a what a story. Again, here we have another master of sorts, but it's a man traveling to a far country who delivers his goods to his servants, and he gives each one a different amount of talents. What's a talent? A talent is a gift or ability that which God has entrusted in your care. So it's uh, things that we have received through genetics, um, things that we have acquired through learnings, um, skills in the workplace, um, education, uh, where we live. Um, you know, what we've inherited from our parents um, as far as potentially, you know, assets and, and other things, whatever it is, whatever we have been given, be they, be they natural gifts and abilities that God has given to us um, or, or, or different, um, you know. Acquired yeah, skills. Or, yeah, acquired skills or whatever it is that we have received, you know, goods and services, whatever it is, everything, everything that makes up my life. Mm-hmm. So my mind, my heart what I have, what I own, all these things, everything that makes up my life is part of this talent that God has given. And to some, he has given more than to others. That's very clear from this parable. You know, mm-hmm. to one was given five, to another one two, to another one one. So they were all given 
um, a different amount. And I like what it says here, here, according to his own ability, to each mm. one according to his own ability. So we, we're not all capable of the same no, things. And no, God doesn't not. expect exactly us right. all to be capable exactly of Exactly right. Things. And look, some are gifted more than others. That's just how it goes. And um, it's not that God's mean or unfair. It's just how everything works in this world. And um, some, yeah, some are more privileged. You know, some are able to, to study in, in a way that others don't have access to that. And so they're able to earn more potentially than somebody else. So they're able to, to put more to the cause of God. Mm. And so there's a whole bunch of factors here. Uh, but the point isn't how much you have received. The issue with this parable or the main point is how do you invest that which you have received? Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of whinging and complaining because of what I don't have, but it's a matter of asking. How do you use what you do have? Exactly. And it's interesting too that the the one who was unfaithful wasn't the one who had the most. No. It was the one who had the least. Yeah. And maybe that's um, indicative of sometimes we think we don't have much to give um, when actually as far as God is concerned, even the little you have, little is much when God is in it. Mm. Like God wants mm. you to give your little to him that he can bless you and use you use your talents and multiply them for his glory. Imagine that little boy um, there listening to Jesus uh, when there were 5,000 men plus women and children was asked about his lunch. You know, Jesus <laughs> needs your lunch to feed, you know, the masses. Yes. Are you willing to give your lunch? And he's like, what? Five loaves, two fish. How can five loaves and two fish feed, you know, thousands and thousands. He could have said, look, forget it. The disciples could have said, look, it's just a waste of time. Let's not even worry about it. It's embarrassing. Why would we do something silly like this? But no, they simply followed the words of Jesus. This boy was willing, this little lad, he was willing to give his lunch to Christ and Christ multiplied those five loaves and two fish. So that's what I tell people. Just give your five loaves and two fish to Christ and watch him multiply abundantly and above beyond what you can think or ask. Absolutely. And I guess another point here is, you know, the reason why God gives us the talents, it's not just so that we can have a talent. It's because he wants for us to use those talents for the upbuilding of his kingdom, to help other people come to know of him and his love. Like that's why God blesses us is so that we can be a blessing to mm. others. Indeed, and um, and we and we have that clearly as one of the main tasks behind the giving of the talents. When it says, when when the master um, or the Lord, who is Jesus Christ, in this instance, in the previous parable, it was master that we looked at here. It's Jesus um, as the Lord. It says, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What's the joy of the Lord? You know, we're told in in Hebrews chapter twelve, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. You know, the 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 three parables, um, or the three stories in Luke fifteen, the lost coin, the lost sheep, joy in heaven, and and the lost sons. You know, not just the lost son, but the lost sons. There's joy in heaven. When True. One, so the joy is salvation. And um, Paul, I think your 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 husband Justin, he talked about it. Philippians four one, if I remember correctly, you know, my joy is and my crown is your salvation. Mm. You know, to see you in the kingdom. So that is the joy of heaven. The currency of heaven is lost souls people. in the kingdom of God. That's the currency of heaven. Amen. God loves people. 
more mm. than anything. That exactly. means, dear listener, if you hear the sound of our voices, God loves you Amen. more than anything. Amen, indeed. He's crazy about you, as uh, Sheree Peters would say, and that's the truth. Well, you know, there's so much more to this parable, and we're going to have to continue it in a little bit, but I love that that mention at the beginning. It says, you know, if the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, and in this case that man is the Lord, mm. And that far country, Jesus, so Jesus is the Lord. He's the man, and he travels to a far country. Where mm. did he go? That's heaven. He's in heaven, mm. but he's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, and we can talk more about what that means as well. Fantastic. Well, folk, I hope and pray that you have been blessed thus far. We've got one more section left. In the meantime, Scripture in song, the servant song, and then the news, and we'll be back.
The Breakfast Show. Bits worth repeating. If you just go to be with Jesus the moment that you die, then what's the purpose of a resurrection? Why do you need to come back to life if you are already alive? What benefit is this giving to you? What reason is there behind it? Particularly if you think logistically, so I die and my immortal soul goes to heaven, to which then there is a resurrection where my immortal soul goes back into my corrupted body. But then during my resurrection, when I'm floating into the clouds of heaven, my body is made immortal. I went from mortal to immortal to mortal to immortal. What's the point here? Yeah, that's right. An immortal soul would disrupt any notion or thought that there is need of a resurrection. Yes. Yes. Which one is the better state to be in? Because if it is better to be an immortal soul than to be in a body, why have a resurrection? Why go into the body? Yeah. If it is better to be in a body than to have an immortal soul, why wait? This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi all, I'm Bees the Chaplain. Join me for Blessings with Bees, where we make faith real. If you want to know more, visit me on my landing page at beesthechaplain.com. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you soon. Peace out and God bless. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Look up, child. Hey, look up. You're on the Looking Up show with Sharissa Shell and Danny Boy, and we are in the finals. Oh, Danny Boy. Oh, Danny Boy. <laughs> the Pope's are Pope. No, we'll, we'll quit. We'll quit. We are in the final stretch, dear folk, and I can't believe it, Sharissa. Where did the time go? It literally evaporated. It goes very quickly. Yeah, by the time we say this and that and the other, it just flies by. So, folk, we are so pleased that you've been able to join us from wherever. Oh, we're up to 109 stations, Sharissa. It keeps going up. If we, I don't know how that works, but oh, that's I don't good. know how that works. But anyway, we're up to 109 stations out there that are tuning in around Australia. That's great. Um, so, yeah, wonderful. Um, how that all works. So wherever you're tuning in, whether it's uh, live or potentially you may be listening to this program at a later time through our, one of our podcasts, through the Faith FM website or the app. And so make sure you get the app. If you don't have the Faith FM app, make sure you download it. And so that way you can, you can jump on board and listen to anything at any time. Absolutely. And I think we may have given away all of our free offers so uh, there's nothing free to give away anymore. No, I think we've got three winners already. God bless you guys. Absolutely. So, um, folk, we are we are here in the final stretch, and we've been taking a look at uh, these two parables in one in Matthew 24 at the end of Matthew 24, and the other one in the center of those three parables in Matthew 25 on faithfulness and unfaithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ as we prepare for His soon return, Amen. because. Jesus wants us to be ready and he wants others to be ready because that's exactly what we read earlier when Jesus said, you know, be ready 
for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect, and this is how we are ready. Yeah. You know, we were just stepping through this parable that Jesus told of the talents and how this, you know, to remind our listeners, the man, a man who is Jesus, it's the symbol yeah. of Jesus, represents him, travels to a far country, which is heaven, and he calls his servants and delivers his goods to them. Um, his servants would obviously be people who love him, mm. believe in him, at yeah. least profess to. And right. when he gives goods, it's in the context of this parable, those goods are talents. Mm. And we talked about what those talents are. Mm. You gave a wonderful definition, but, you know, things like influence is a talent even. Yes, indeed. Uh, time. We all have time. <laughs> We've all got the same time. And <laughs> we all have the same time. And how we use our time, mm. you know, are we investing in God's kingdom? Are we using it um, to invest in eternity? Or are we just living for the present and mm. serving our own selfish pleasures and, and wants? Uh, money is another talent. And in the case of the story, it was also pictured there as mm. money as well. And you mentioned other things, mental abilities, speech, health even. These are all gifts and talents that God gives. But um, it talks about how there was an accounting, I guess, that happens in this parable. I'm trying to see where that happens here. Um, it's in verse, okay, verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with mm, them. Yes. How might we understand that? Well, the Bible talks about uh, a day of judgment coming upon the whole world. Um, and we're not talking about just at the end of time. It says, you know, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And so each and every person will have to give an account for how they used their, I call them the three T's, you know, the, their talents, their treasure, and their time. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, do, how, do we, how do we use that which God entrusted to us for the sake of his kingdom? Um, and there are those who obviously don't believe in God or have never heard of the God of the Bible, but we all have a conscience. We all have been given an opportunity to be able to serve those around us. And so how have you invested that which God has given to you for the, you know, for the betterment of, of society and humanity mm-hmm. at the very least? So we are living in the hour of God's judgment even Indeed, now. yeah. Well, in a very specific sense, yeah, we're living in the hour of God's judgment. Since 1844, we have been living in the time of the judgment, So, which is the period immediately prior to the second coming of Jesus. Mm, amazing. And so in the time of judgment, you know, it's very important that we be cognizant or thinking about, you know, our eternal destiny because you know are we preparing for an eternity with jesus Mm -hmm. or are we living for a very momentary life here um there's obviously some great reward um in this parable that jesus wants us to know about because to each faithful servant he says enter into the joy of your lord he says well done good and faithful servant i want to hear jesus say well done Mm. good and faithful servant one day wouldn't that be amazing that would be amazing, and you know, it's it's interesting. Jesus doesn't say, "Well done, good and successful servant." Mm. It's not about success, and yep. we're so driven in our society by success. That is a very good um, point. But he says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." So you can be faithful without necessarily being perceived as successful by others or even by yourself. And so it's about being faithful. And it's interesting. 
you know, Revelation 14, verse 12, at the end of the, the three angels' messages, it says, you know, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus yep. or faith in Jesus. So they are faithful to Christ. And so they are faithful to what Christ has entrusted to them. Yes. And they're also faithful to the master, Christ himself. They have chosen um, to live the life of the Apostle Paul who said, it's not I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so a faithful servant is one that takes on board um, the, the mantra of Christ who said, I have come not to be served but to serve mm-hmm. and to give my life a ransom for many. So the, the faithful servant is one who is a true disciple of Christ who wants to live in harmony with Christ and and how Christ lived in every way in order in order to to seek to save as many as are willing to be saved you know through through obviously through the power of the holy spirit and the holy spirit working upon the heart and the mind of this individual amen and i like that i was just thinking as you were talking there speaking of joy the joy of the lord Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. Mm. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Beautiful. And so when Jesus says, Enter into the joy of your, of your Lord, he's saying, Come into my house. <laughs> Come mm. into my home because that's where the eternal joy is. There are pleasures forevermore in his presence. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mentioned the scripture earlier in Hebrews 12. Um Verse 2, you know, where it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So, you know, there's a beautiful song, you know, that goes something along the lines of, you know, when he was on the cross, his mind or his his eyes were, we were on, on you. We were on his mind. Yeah, we were on his mind. I knew, I knew you would know. <laughs> but we're going to get to the song eventually. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's beautiful, isn't it? How does it, it go is. again? <laughs> When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I love it. I love it. And that is true. And so that's the joy that was said before him. Just as well, we've got Sharissa here. Otherwise, you would, have, song. you would have, you would have been, you would have been. We'd here. all be singing a different song. Exactly. Just as well, we've got, we've got someone who knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, um, that's the joy of the Lord. You know, speaking of the joy of the Lord, it's interesting to me that that, that person, that servant who had just one talent, and the reason they didn't do anything with their one talent, they told the Lord, was because I knew you to be a hard man, mm. reaping where you have not sown. Um, when you think about it, is that really true? No. Because he gave him something, didn't he? Like he, he, did. he wasn't reaping where he hadn't sown. He gave him a talent. Like a talent was a lot of money back then, a mm. ton of money. I can't exactly remember. I have written it down somewhere, but a talent of silver was like an enormous amount of money. Um, if I remember, it was like a year's wages or more than a year's wages was one talent. So this person was not given like $50. Um, they were given an enormous amount of money. Um, and so this individual did not understand the character of his master um, because if the master is Jesus Christ, he's not... <coughs> excuse me, sorry, that's the Malenkov again. He's not... He's <laughs> it's not, there every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> Um, is not uh, this this individual does not understand the character of his master, 
No. The Lord Jesus Christ. And I think many people don't understand the character of no. God. They think that God is a dictator. God mm. is harsh, uncaring, unfeeling. Why does God allow so much, so many bad things mm. to happen to them in their lives? And, and I can understand why they would be tempted to mm. feel and think that mm. way, particularly in the world we live in. But the reality of the matter is that God is not a harsh God. No. He's a, he, the Bible says God is love. And love acts fairly. God is just. But God is merciful. Mm. And over and over again, you know, it talks about, you know, how he has this mercy towards us. And that mer- the word in Hebrew, I've been looking at it in the book of Psalms. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Some Hebrew. Chesed. Chesed. It's, it's that word for oh. covenant love or faithfulness. It's loyal wrong? love. Yeah. Chesed. Chesed. Yeah. I didn't probably say it right, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that long-suffering, patient, loyal, covenant love, that's the kind of love that God has toward us. Mm, that's a beautiful love. And, um, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is from Psalm where it says, His mercies are new every morning. Mm, great every, is thy faithfulness. Yeah, great is thy faithfulness. Once again, faithfulness and mercy, you know, hand in hand, and we praise the Lord for that. Now, Sharissa... Uh, the way I look at this parable that Jesus gave, there's there's one of two options. Yeah. We can either invest um, what God has given to us for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of creating more joy in heaven, which is all about salvation, which is all about you know investing in the heavenly bank. That's what it means to store treasure up in heaven. Or we can bury that investment that God has given to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... We can either invest it and see it grow or bury it. And that's what we find in these in, in this parable. And it's a choice that we can make. But I believe that that choice needs to be made in the context of do we understand our Master and our Lord? Mm-hmm. And if I truly understand the character of my Master and Lord and I'm one with Him and I'm seeking to, to follow Him, I'm seeking to live my life in harmony with Him, I'm seeking to be filled with His Holy Spirit that gives you gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, then I will, I will seek to be more like Christ and seek to share that love with those around me. And it won't be a burden. Mm. It, won't, it, won't be, it won't be a hassle. It won't be a burden. It will be a joy to share. Because you're sharing Absolutely. something that you're experiencing from Christ yourself, the love of Christ you're experiencing, and then you're sharing that. It'd be like those rivers of water that flow out of you. And to each one of us who receive from God, if God gives you an understanding of his truth, if God blesses you in any way, to whom much is given, much is required. Like God God wants for us not just to be blessed, but to use what we have to be a blessing to others. And so that would be something for us also to stop and really think about mm. and say, okay, how has God blessed me? How has God shone the light of his wonderful truth into my life? What am I doing about it? Am I just burying that light or am I sharing that light with mm. my friends, with my coworkers, with my neighbors? Am I talking to other people about the difference that Jesus makes? Mm, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And um, that's what we need to be focusing on. And just one final little thing on that. It's interesting that the Sea of Galilee that's filled with life, even to this day, um, is is a lake that receives water Mm. from the Jordan and it gives. Nice. 
However, the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because it only receives. It only receives water from the Jordan River, but it does not give. Mm, it all stays in there, and it's the Dead Sea. So, folk, we want to encourage you to be faithful um, to the Lord, that which is entrusted to you, and the Lord will bless you, and you'll have great joy here on this earth as well as when Jesus comes in the heavenly courts above. And so we want to take a look at that beautiful song, When He Was on the Cross, His Heart Was on You and Me. I'm not on an ego trip I'm nothing on my own I've made mistakes I've often slipped Just common flesh and bone With faith and hope I look to the day when he will call my name Cause when he was on the cross I was on his mind The look of love was on his face Thorns on his head Blood was on that scarlet robe Stained in crimson red Though his eyes were on the crowd that day He looked ahead in time Cause when he was on the cross I was on his mind He knew me Yet he loved me Song, Charissa, yeah, yeah. Gavin Chatelier.
Did I get that right? <laughs> oh, I think I did. Nailed it. <laughs> I won't try it again, but we thank, yeah, thank God for that beautiful song. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Amen. Wow, that, that song says it all. That song says it all. Jesus was faithful to the very end, mm. and he is inviting us to be faithful to him. Amen. Um, and so, yeah, what would you like to share in our final uh, few minutes that we have here before we before we sign off on another Wednesday afternoon here on the Looking Up Show? You know, I was reflecting in the break and thinking, you know, this parable, the unfaithful servant and the faithful servant, and then the parable of the talents, the one who is faithful in investing what God has given them, and then the one who just buries because they have a wrong idea of who God is and mm. who the taskmaster, or who God is, they call him a taskmaster. And I realized that if we really, if we don't love Jesus, we will not be faithful. Mm. <laughs> like it all comes down to how we view God. And if we realize and recognize that God saves us by his amazing grace through faith, and then our response to him will be as such that we will live out in our lives faithfulness mm. to him. Faithfulness shouldn't be a hard thing. It should be a love response to what God has done Amen. for us. Amen. So love makes it easy. And, yeah, I just encourage our, our listeners to learn who Jesus is, mm. to, to discover for yourself, meet him, meet mm. him for yourself, because then you can be faithful to him. You want to be faithful to him because you realize that he's done everything he can to save you. And there's nothing that he has held back from you, and he, he wants to bless you abundantly. Mm, amen. Amen. That's beautiful. And, um, you know, I just think of what, what John writes in First John where it says, we love him because he first loved us. Amen. And uh, that's, that's the motivation behind what we do and why we do it. We don't, we don't serve God for any, any, any earthly rewards. We serve him because... Yep. He loved us first, and um, and we we love to serve him. It's a great joy to serve him. It is. We we find it uh, yeah a great joy and great satisfaction to be able to serve our Lord and our Savior, our Creator, and our soon coming King. It's like Praise the God. greatest privilege in the universe has been bestowed upon us to be able to share this good news of salvation. Amen. And, you know, there's a song, another song by a lady named Evie Tornquist, and she used to sing. She said, if heaven was never promised to me, it's been worth just having the Lord in my life, mm, living amen. in a world of darkness, and he showed me the light. So, you know, we don't serve God for what we get. We serve him for who he is, mm, and he is love. And He's it's good. a great joy. It and it's a, a great, great joy. joy. Or would you like to have a prayer for our listeners, um, Sharissa? Yeah, sure. Our loving Father in heaven, we're so thankful, Lord, that you are our loving Father in heaven. And Lord, as we pray, we just ask that you would help each one of us, our listeners also, help us, Lord, to be faithful to Jesus, not because of what we get, but because of who you are. And we recognize, Lord, that you are a good God, that you love us more than we can ever imagine. And we pray, Lord, that the love of God would so impact our hearts day by day that we would be faithful to Jesus until he comes. Amen. Keep us looking up, we pray, in this world where there's so many things that seek to discourage us and drag us down. Keep us looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Folk, I hope and pray that you've been blessed once again this afternoon on the Looking Up show. We'll be back again next week, God willing, same time, same place, same channel, (laughs) wherever you're tuning in from. And just a reminder that in um, a week and a half, I begin a new series, Prophecies of Hope for a Troubled World, where we're going to unpack God's final message of love to the world. So go to discoverhope.info and you will find all that you need to there. Otherwise, the afternoon show with um, the Drive Time Afternoon Show from South Australia is coming up now. But in the meantime, remember that faith looks around, regret looks up, but faith always looks up. (laughs) Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up Don't give up should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for